You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast, hosted by Joe Figueres and Fioralise Franco. everybody uh we are back for another episode of the esoterics podcast welcome back to the podcast everyone how are you today joe i'm great today i'm excited to be here to talk to everyone how about you uh it's a beautiful monday yes i'm i'm mm-hmm. ready um so i was in oregon last week and i'm sorry i wasn't able to come see you I know. I was like, I can't even believe we're in the same state. But it, to be fair, it was like three and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's yeah. it wasn't just like a, a easy jaunt. No, I, you know? I wasn't down the street. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. But it was really yeah. nice to have the cold weather break, even though after uh, honestly, on that last day, it was like 40s. And I was I was done. I was like, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> Oh my God. And you can always tell the California people when they're here because it's like 40 degrees and they've got out their Arctic gear. And I'm like, what is, what? <laughs> Fur hats and mittens and boots. I'm like, it's, it's not that serious people. <laughs> yeah. I took my Ugg boots and my gloves. I did. I, I was that extra person because I don't do well with the cold. No, plus it gives you an opportunity to wear your uh, yeah. cold weather gear. So, yeah, I think that's more of it than them actually being cold. But it is funny. They're easy to spot. Yeah. <laughs> Californian visiting and or yeah, <laughs> just ready to wear their stuff. Hey, you know, Dutch Brothers coffee is not that good. It's gross. It's uh, gross. Yeah, I was really disappointed, actually. Yeah. I don't drink that coffee. I don't think I've ever have drank. I drink Starbucks. That's the only, um, if it's not Starbucks, I do like craft. Mm-hmm. A coffee shop here called Cathedral that's freaking artisan. It's amazing. But yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah. No, no I'll stick to my local coffee shops. Please don't bring that Dutch Brothers crap close to me. <laughs> it was garbage. No, and dude, the lines are, they go around the block. People lined up for this. So if you look at their branding, they look like Sherwin-Williams. And maybe that's a Midwest thing, but when I first saw them, I was like, oh, coffee shop, that's a Sherwin. And I'm like, they have a lot of Sherwin-Williams here in, in Portland. And I'm like, oh, it's a coffee shop. I It's awful. It's sugary bullshit is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and there was also some sort of controversy uh, about, uh, I think, the owner. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, there was like a class action lawsuit that was filed against them. And then, um, the, yeah, there's a, oh, this, here's the, here's the title. It's Dutch Brothers Coffee Owner Robs Income from Native American Tribes. So, you know... I'm going to go ahead and say that's a no for me, dog. Right. <laughs> and your coffee is garbage. Yeah. Anyway, okay. well, bad coffee. <laughs> so, um, but you were there for work and um, I saw some of the pictures that you posted. So um, very beautiful there. Yeah. Um, I know they have a really pretty river there, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. We were right by, we were right by the river. So we were in Medford because our factory 
is in Grants Pass. So we were in Menford and Grants Pass area. And we stayed, uh, we just did like a regular hotel, nothing fancy, but we went over because my, my boss and his wife are big um, wine, wine people. Um, And so we went to Jacksonville, uh, which is a cute little tiny town. Um, It has the cutest little downtown, but there's a bunch of, there's like a wine tour that they do. I don't know if it's once a year or several times a year where you get on a bus and then they take you to all the wine spots around. So, I mean, that seems fun if that's what you're into. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I honestly was just blown away by all the trees, the trees, the trees changing color. Like I don't get that here. And it's, that makes me sad. (laughs) Yeah, the trees are magical. The trees are magical. And in Michigan, it happens much sooner. Yeah. Like by now, it's all done and over, right? It's the peak, I think, is like mid October for Michigan. But here we're coming up. I don't even think we've hit the peak yet because I'm looking outside and I see way more green than I do. But like the maples turn really early. Yeah. um, You know, but yeah, it's, um, I can't imagine just, I love the green here. And it's kind of cool because here in the winter, mm-hmm. it gets even more green because then the moss comes out. Uh-huh. So it's just this really beautiful. But then there's winter flowers that bloom that are uh, that doesn't That's happen cool. in Michigan because everything goes dormant. Yeah, it's 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 really beautiful. Oregon, uh, like I love the beauty of Michigan. It really is a beautiful state. It but is. man, I just, Oregon, it's got nothing on Oregon. It's just freaking gorgeous oh and the air the air I was just in love with the air that's why I could do it I could I just have to acclimate to the cold after I think so I think you guys should move to southern Oregon and then I'll move down there with you and then right yay and then we'll do in-person events all the time yes right (laughs) (laughs) we'll do live podcast recordings (laughs) do it open up a retreat center um, have Mike run it. And, yeah. Yeah. See? All coming, guys. We got plans. We got plans. <laughs> got plans. Yes. Uh, what else? What else you got going on? You've been, you've been, um, uh, oh, uh, I wanted to tell you. So, you know, I've been going to estate sales like crazy with Sophia, right? Yes. So, so I've been, I accumulated so many things, so much glassware and stuff that I opened up my own Etsy store. To sell you, vintage goods. <laughs> dude, yes. Oh, my God. Have you sold anything yet? I literally just posted, like, two things yesterday, which by the time this episode airs, I plan to have, like, the whole store full with, you know, a lot more things than just two. But, yeah, I have – I have, I just have so many pieces that I've bought because I'm like, they're so cute or I, I just mm-hmm. – I love them. But, but I'm also in this stage now where I'm like, okay, but there's no point in owning a bunch of little things. Right. I my intention is to just allow these things to have a new life, hopefully in a new home that's not my home. <laughs> so, yes. So yeah, I want I just want to preserve these things by allowing them to find, you know, find their person. And yeah, I cuz I, I have a lot of cool things and um and I have some yes. things that don't necessarily fit like my like mid-century styles per se. Mm-hmm. Uh like I have this gorgeous vase that I got. It's um I don't think I'm going to say it right, but it's Chinese cloisonne vase mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like cloisonne, it, yeah. Yeah, it's um it's brass and then it's got mm-hmm. the enamel on top and these mm-hmm. flowers are just so beautiful and they have like the the leaves are brown but they're mm-hmm. it almost looks like it's like a quartz under there like cuz it's got mm-hmm. shine and like sparkle to it 
it's just a beautiful thing. And so I when I I bought it because it was so pretty, but it doesn't fit any of my stuff. No. So, no. So I see you now finding making the excuse to go shop for your shop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I I am I I support this whole thing. <laughs> I am behind you. I see no problem with this at all. Yes. And I it, it could be a nice little side hustle. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and I it's mean, fun. It I just have such a I have such a fun time like hunting for things and yeah, I I love it. Yeah. And you have such good taste too. I mean, it's just clean and beautiful and um like like when you put up your um your altar, what is that? Your ofrenda? Yes. Is that uh-huh. what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know, and you time lapsed yourself, I'm like, this is cute and all and cool, <laughs> but she's just got the itch to decorate, <laughs> is what that is. <laughs> yeah. And that ofrenda really stays much. up all the whole holiday season. So yeah. Uh, yes. I love it. Whole. Okay. So I, yay, this is very exciting. Stores are fun. I love, I love it when I get to add things to my, um, mystic metal and stone shop, mm-hmm. um, on my website. Um, it's, it's a lot of work though. You got to describe it and yes. catalog it and all that stuff. It's not, it's not, um, it's not just something quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, no. So yeah, no. lots of cool things. Good. Yay. Okay. Well, you're going to um, promote, th- where are you going to promote that? Like, so the Etsy store is called Franco Abode. I knew it. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be on the Franco Abode Instagram page. Um, I might post the items on there as well, but yeah, I'll, I'll link it in today's show and then I'll just, I'll just have it. It'll be in my link tree. It'll just be so, a, one of the other things that I do. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And that's a great name for it too, is Franco Bode. <laughs> it really is. Oh my God. I'm so excited for this, right? Yay. Because, you know, I say this several times at some point I see it, I see my new kitchen I see my kitchen and it's like, why not? It's, it's, I don't think that you should just design the kitchen. I think you should just design the, the whole house. <laughs> All right. You know okay. Yeah. The house. The, yeah. All right. Exciting. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to talk about um, custom commissions that are now open because I am taking orders because I've added bracelets and arm cuffs as oh, an option. Very cool. So, but I've also padded the package a little bit, but uh-huh. for, so bracelets. So I've always loved, um, you know, I love to design jewelry, right? Rings, I don't design as much because rings don't sell as well because they have to be a specific yes. size. Yeah. So it's just easiest to design pendants. But honestly, I get bored with pendants because that's all I have. Mm. And I've always loved designing cuffs, cuff bracelets. Yes. But not just like your traditional wrap cuffs, right? I like toggle bracelets. I like details. I like links and, and, and latches and cool little things. So I designed one for myself as a Labrador, Labradorite piece. And Mm -hmm. I get so many compliments on that piece. People love it. Yeah. So my neighbor, uh, Jen has always wanted a custom piece of jewelry. And so she finally, you know, like pulled the trigger and, you know, she asked me if I would make her a bracelet. I'm like, hell yes. Right. Little bit more money. It's, it's more, it's more money than a pendant or a ring, but, um, and I designed it for her and it just lit something up in me. I did it in like two days. It it was just like, I was in the flow. Mm -hmm. And then I got this, um, this text from my other friend. Um, and, and it was, 
an application link to apply for Halstead Jewelry. Uh-huh. Um, it's a contest that they have for new designers every year, and um, the the grand prize is like a you know like seventy five hundred dollar um, cash award to be able to wow. you know invest back into your business, and then they also give you some some mentoring, some business mentoring and stuff. How so, cool! Yeah, so like I'm going for it, like I'm going full on for it. Um, and this piece that I just posted online, the lapis lazuli bracelet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the piece that I'm going to, like, I'm going to design a whole new piece for this contest, but that piece, uh, like that is the type of, that's my new style going forward. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. So I'm excited. So yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's that fun. is so exciting. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. So I need, I need practice, you know, on all of that stuff. So that's why I opened up custom commissions and added a bracelet or an arm cuff. Um, but I also padded the package a little bit uh, uh-huh. to get some more um, interest. And in. okay. I've added cool practices, like the best way to harness the energy of your custom piece using moon phases, custom affirmations, um, you know, to use with your specific stone, wow. um, how to program your crystals or your, your piece mm-hmm. with intention specific to your soul blueprint. And then I've added some, some shadow work journal prompts and intuitive development exercises, and then, um, included, um, a pre-recorded, a link to a pre-recording, um, meditation. It's a, it's a small one. It's not super long, but the meditation to activate and program your piece with intention wow. before wearing it for the first time. So wow. I just decided to pad it a little bit so that it's really worth the money. That's cool. That's so many things in one. That's awesome. Yes. Hi, honey. Honey looks like a, um, looked like a, um, a, a, what are those dogs with brown, um, like she's got some in her. What are those? Golden cocker spaniel. Oh, cocker spaniel. Yeah. yeah. Just because her hair is so long right now. I need to take her for a haircut. But she's a sweet baby. She's all in cuddle mode today. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you seen that um Netflix flick that everybody's talking about? Oh yeah, Escaping Twin Flames. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Ashley had posted about it in the group on Facebook. And yeah, I had I had heard about it. I had just heard about it the day before from um from Sam, the psychic. Um and uh our our friend of the pod, um, Samantha Deller, um, who recently got married. So yes. um yeah, she to her twin flame, yes. Uh no, her soulmate. Her soulmate. Okay, okay. Yeah, no. Um, there's a difference. She has a complicated, she has um I wouldn't say complicated, but she has um her own special story about her twin flame. Uh, her twin flame relationship her personal belief in twin flames is that they're it's not meant to last i i i I don't disagree yeah yeah it's um anyway uh but yes i did watch it did did you watch it or do you want me to tell you about it so i did not watch it simply because i watched the preview of it Mm -hmm. And I wanted to um, punch the dude in the face. And it just reminded me too much of Teal Swan. It reminded me of Keith Rainier. And Mm -hmm. I'm just not at that place right now, emotionally, energetically, where I can like, like I'm trying to shut out negativity right now. And I was like, no, I want to freaking punch this person. But I'm down for the tea. So tell me. Okay. Tell us. So like to sum it up, kind of long story short, it's about a couple who started this community online it's a website but it's but it's a business 
and it's run i think it was called or it's still running today is a problem um twin flames universe and it's based they're based out of michigan i think ashley said that they're not too far from where she lives or like maybe like an hour um and the whole thing is that they guarantee you that you will find your twin flame Mm -hmm. And they enroll these people in these programs that cost like two thousand dollars, um, and then and coaching calls, and then once you, once that person finds their twin flame, then it's like an MLM. Then they get roped into being coaches to teach other people how to find their twin flames, and it's like, how do you fucking turn spiritual concepts into an MLM? But Lord have mercy. <laughs> They, they did. did it, they did. They did. And they're they're making money and they're they're just exploiting people. And you know what really bugs me about the whole thing though? And okay, and before I, I say this, I guess the worst part of it is that they got to the point where if someone hadn't found their twin flame yet, they were pair they started to just pair them up with other people in the group. They under the guise that it was a channeled message that came to them. <laughs> Right. Yes, which is like Spirit it's like told me. Yeah. Um uh God told me, but they didn't tell you. They told me that mm -hmm. I got to tell you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um and with other they started pairing them with other people in in the group, even to the point where they were same-sex couples where the person wasn't necessarily like, you know, ready for that or that wasn't really what they had signed up for. Um mm -hmm. and they were telling them like, "No, you have to be you and you have to be masculine. You have to be the male." Like, like pushing these people to go through sex changes. Like, it, <gasps> yeah. Like medical sex changes? Yeah, yeah. Here, okay, listen, I am, uh, listen, my first response to that and is who the fuck is going to listen to somebody telling them that? Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. it's my five. Maybe it's my Capricorn. Maybe it's just me being a non-compassionate whatever. Yeah. But it's like, don't you – what? Yeah. And, and the worst part is, is that, again, because it's not that these things aren't real. It's not that um, being – being trans and, and feeling like you want to be a different sex is not real or valid. That's absolutely a valid no, thing that absolutely. people experience. That's a personal choice. A twin flames, I believe, are not a choice. Are a real concept. Um, mm -hmm. Even uh, like soulmates, karmic soulmates, all this stuff. I, I believe those are real. Um, but they're they're taking things and they're exploiting them. They're they're tarnishing them, and they're hurting people. They're also – it's a cult. They they isolate people from their family. They made them write these letters or, I don't know, suggested that they write these letters. That if, if your mom or parent or family member isn't supportive of you doing this, that you have to cut them off. And then that you have to give them so much money because you have to keep paying for calls, pay, keep paying for coaching and all this stuff. And then the coaching – got real borderline abusive, like real, real abusive to full extent where he's, he, the guy's like going off on people and telling them more, well, if you have a problem with me, that's a reflection of you and, and you're mirroring right now. And, and it's nuts. So, so he's, he knows lots of, um, um, therapeutic, um, psycho, whatever, psychiatric. I, I'm not sure how to say this, but he knows lots of words yes. to use on people um, that make him sound like he knows what he's talking yes. about. Um, you know, uh, 
clearly I don't have those same words to to, (laughs) to make people understand what I'm talking about. But um, so I I just want to touch back on the part about, um, you know, making people go through like legitimate sex change operations. Uh, uh, There was a person. Yeah, there's a person that transitioned. um, uh, Yeah. He, he transitioned um, and and I don't know if if how much he was forced or or not. I mean, I, I don't think that that you can ultimately be forced to go through that. You know, that's know. a big medical decision. That's a huge thing. Yeah. The, and the reason that, that this is sort of striking me is because so my latest the latest it's not a trend. It's an interest that I have is I love, love, love following trans accounts on Instagram mm-hmm. um, because the transformation of these beautiful humans from their before to their after spiritually, physically is so fucking cool to me. Yeah. Um, and like, they'll say, you know, like, like, um, um, this is my, this is me d- day one mm-hmm. on T, um, mm-hmm. testosterone. This is me two years later on yeah. T, right? And, yeah. and it's just, just the confidence and the energy is so beautiful. Yes. Um, so there are two um, male accounts that I, uh, two men that I follow mm-hmm. and then one woman. And her name is Lily Tino. I think I've talked about her before. Yes, She's a food have. critic in the San Francisco Bay area. Yeah. And I love Lily. Oh yeah, we talked about Lily. Yes, we did. Um, we did. Yes. Um, but, but as a, you know, when, when, you know, she's not being very, very, having very strong boundaries, Mm -hmm. um, about, you know, being, um, called sir. (laughs) Right. (laughs) On purpose, dead name, that sort of bullshit. Um, she is a delight and, um, and I love her story. And then, um, there are two others. Asher is one and there's another, um, Asher always likes to have his shirt off. Always. Asher ain't got no goddamn shirt. <laughs> Not that I'm mad because Asher's fucking gorgeous. Um, but yeah, Asher doesn't like to wear a shirt. And then there's another who is a runner. My, my point is, is that, is that I, I got sort of interested in this because I'm like, I wanted to see the transition because I thought it was just so freaking interesting because from a Akashic record and a soul point of view, yeah, that's an experience that they actually have within their soul blueprint. Right. And so knowing and seeing that in person is, it's like, it, I geek out, nerd out from the soul blueprint, yeah. blueprint point of view. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. that was my little tangent that I want to go off on. Um, but it, it's fascinating because, you know, some crazy narcissistic cult member, that's not something like this is, this is life-changing for them. This is, this is what they're meant to be. This is yeah. their true nature. Yeah. So if somebody has this operation, I just don't see yeah. how some narcissist could push them into it. So right. it must've already been there in the first place. Sure. Anyway. You're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what is, what is lacking. And I think the problem comes from the fact that it's disempowering because it's someone telling you what to do versus yes. you finding the answer for yourself because that's what spirituality is supposed to be. So spirituality should be empowering, not disempowering. It's about owning your inner power and showing others how to do the same if you if you choose to, if you choose to teach. Um, but it's not about tying people to a to a restrictive belief system. That's just religious trauma rebranded. That's all that is. It's yeah, it's or or relationship trauma rebranded mm-hmm. or you know same same situation different person yep. type of thing you know these yep. people 
are, um, I'm not going to call them weak because that's not what people are, but they're, you know, they're looking for validation outside of themselves Mm -hmm. and they get sucked into this. Um, And then of course, someone with zero um, emotional capacity or zero mental health is then taking advantage of that in order, because in return, it's a codependent relationship, right? Because then this, these two leaders are seeking validation outside of themselves through these people that they continue to, um, you know, oppress in yeah. order to receive that validation yes. and that, you know, so it's, I just, again, I can't watch it yeah. because I, I, I want to be able to physically punch them both. Yeah. In the face. And, and what worries me about things like this documentary and even the Teal Swan documentary, and I, I get, I don't know so much about Keith Rainier and the Nexium thing. I, I mean, I know about the Nexium cult, but I just don't know what exactly like the terms were that he used or they used. Yeah, same thing, same same idea. It's really interesting. T- check it out. There's a really interesting documentary. Doc, you you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. um, is that then other people who have maybe never been exposed to these spiritual ideas or spiritual concepts, and that they will have heard of from them, from these people or these documentaries, you know, showing these harmful people for the first time, like that this is where they're hearing them for the first time. That's what worries me is because then it's like, okay, well, yeah, I've heard twin flames. It's, you know, those, those people that were, you know, ripping people off and doing all whatever X, Y, Z used to talk about that. And now it has, you know, it, it, it tarnishes it. Now it, people will have a different view of it 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 skews your perspective on what it's supposed to be um and then other people who don't exploit others like us who are just trying to you know help and and teach then we have to now go through this whole thing of re-explaining it and and doing it in a way that's not harmful to people and and being inclusive and also telling you that Although we may have our personal opinions on these concepts of twin flames and soulmates and all this stuff, we're not the end all be all on on any of this. And if you have if you feel differently about it, that's a hundred percent okay. That's no no one's here to tell you what to do. <laughs> no, it's a whole take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Yes. Um the thing that sort of gives me peace around all of that though is the fact that it all boils down to resonance, um, vibrational frequency and stuff. So people that are that are attracted to us are the same vibrational frequency are in that I need to learn more. I want to mm, learn more. Mm-hmm. People that aren't are just gonna read listen to one episode and be like these guys suck. I'm out of here. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't really have to spend a ton of energy. At least I don't working with my clients. Yeah. I'm trying to convince them of anything. Yeah. There are skeptics of course, but they're typically Virgos um, and they want like hardcore, you know, evidential <laughs> evidence. And then, you know, I do what I do the best I can mm-hmm. um, to give them that. Um, so, you know, there's that, but I think that the people that are meant to work with us are going to work with us. And if they come with any sort of religious trauma or spiritual trauma and stuff, I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, the way that we handle it, which really our, our approach has always been, um, having fun with it, conversational, you know, not putting too much into it, listening to the science, but also really believing in the magic of it. And, you know, um, so I think we're very lucky in that way that, um, we are, we attract the people that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel, and here's the other thing too. And I say this about my clients too. People don't come to a psychic and people don't enter into, um, spirituality, but, or 
people that are healthy have a general sense of self, a sense of self-worth, at least, you know, an average sense of self-worth aren't really attracted to narcissists and cults and all that stuff. Yeah. People that come to intuitives, things aren't great in their life. They're not rosy because people don't come to book a reading and say, my life is perfect. My life is wonderful. Yeah. Tell me why. Let's explore why. <laughs> it's always I'm stuck or I'm black yes. or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but all they need is a session to walk away and go, oh my God. It, okay. Thank you. Yes. I, I have the clarity now. Yes. Um, but when people that sign up for cults, I mean, they are dealing with incredible trauma and wounding mm-hmm. and you know, and these poor people, I just feel bad. I feel like somebody needs to come in and rescue them. And, you know, like, yeah. I want to be the one to ride in and you know, be like, <laughs> Pull them out. hands up, hands <laughs> in the air. You're going to jail and you people are going to counseling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, anyway. All right. Well, thank you for watching that for us. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, how many, how many episodes is it? It's just three. It's not too long. Just th- I, I think it's just three. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Do do they get their their just rewards? Do they get in trouble for any of this? Is they're this... still operating. No, oh they're they're still operating. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm sure they're <laughs> Is... gonna sue somebody for defamation or something off of this documentary. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Okay, but really, do they have any grounds for it? Because I mean, do they do they just prove their own bullshit by watching them? Right. Right. I mean, the yeah, same way like that Teal Swan did. yeah, like Teal Swan did when she hired that outside person, and the outside lady was like, mm, "Yeah, you're running a cult." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and the last thing before we get into the topic that I wanted to talk about was that, um, so, I, so I've been working like this eclipse really, really made a major shift for me. I don't know about everybody else. What about you? Uh, I feel like it made me get my ass more into gear instead of just being like, Oh, I'll do it later. Oh, I'll do it later. Like I actually went and got things done. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. So it was meant to show us what in our lives still needs to be finalized, Mm -hmm. the details that need to be worked out where we still need to get our shit together. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it really shook me up in all of those ways. Like, okay. It was like, you know, my Capricorn energy, like sort of grounded. And it's like, all right, girl, get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, first off, I cut off all my hair, I cut <laughs> off all of my hair. Um, I think it was like eight inches. It was so much hair, wow. but it feels good. I don't have any regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wish that I left about two inches all around, but it'll grow. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. It's, and it'll be fun to, you know, it's, sort of fun to have sassy hair and then I have the back the back of my neck exposed so I think I'm going to get like a neck tattoo um just because it's fun um I'm working with Laura Hillier of Nurture Nutrition she's based out of um, Vancouver Canada um but she's a holistic nutritionist who is oh my god you guys she's so intuitive and she just gets in your energy and she just knows what you need in order to bring balance. Um, and she's recommended several changes to make in my routines and food and supplements and all that stuff. Like she told me like, I need to get because of my circadian rhythm, I think is what she said. So Uh um, I need to like start going to bed earlier. And then of course that ties in with my human design. So I've been doing that, waking up, having so much more energy. Okay. Um, You know, we've looked at my epigenetics, right? So I need to start eating more foods based on, um, you know, like, um, you know, the, my Cuban heritage, my um, black heritage, Uh or, you know, all of those, my genes, really my genealogy. Mm -hmm incorporating more roots, root vegetables in. I've been eating vegetarian for like um, 
I don't know, a couple of weeks now and I didn't mm-hmm. even realize it. Oh. My body's like, bitch, you don't want that meat. I really, it's not, um, salmon, yes, but meat, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, working with a bookkeeper to get my financial shit together, using all of the quantum manifestation techniques that we're going to be sharing during our um, retreat in March, just really feeling like that, okay, it's time to up level so mm-hmm. that I have these examples to say, okay, guys, thank you for joining us because this is what I've done and this is what I've experienced as a result. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really ready to stop, um, you know, fucking around and start creating a life um, that I'm really satisfied and excited by. Um, and I believe that that's been 2023, like the purpose for me. Cause remember, like I went to your place, I went to California um, for Christmas, no, at, right, at, for yes, New Year. New yes. Year's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when I got back, then I experienced this huge depression and I, like, I'd never done that. I've never been depressed like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I talked about it a ton on the podcast, but I went through a really deep thing between like January and May, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and it wasn't that I wanted to like die or anything. So I don't understand, you know, I can't relate to people that, you know, um, think about taking their their own lives during depression it, it I just didn't want to keep on living if I had to experience that every day that was the difference mm. um you know that was the state of mind so you know I will put that out there that it fucking sucked I hated it I had I had no joy in life nothing made me happy everything was why is my life like this why can't I meet my goals why 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 um so out the other side of it and I realized oh it was the eclipse energy it was all these things you yeah. know it helped going home in June um, yeah. it helped being with you and all the you know the the people at our retreat in June um slowly I came out of it and then Saturn fucking went retrograde um, <laughs> in mid-June too mm-hmm. and I was like oh I life is why is everything so hard so now that I'm on the other side of all of that, Saturn has gone direct and I'm just getting everything in my life to a point where I feel like this is exactly what I want it to be. Um, I have this new profound appreciation and compassion for those going through any type of mental health challenge. So whether it's lunar and eclipse sort of prompted or, you know, whether it's a legitimate, you know, um, physiological, you know, imbalance, yeah. um, and a legitimate depression diagnosis. I, man, um, I'm sending all of the people, all of the love, if you're going through anything big and hopefully there's, a, you know, a shift on the other side of things for you too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, without going like too far into it, I feel like with social media and the news cycle and everything, it's just, it's really heavy right now. Yes. Um, and I would, if you are going through something really hard right now, give yourself grace and give yourself space from that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you have enough going on in your own life and your own self and your own inner world, you don't need the outside world adding to that. You don't need to take on the burdens of the world for yourself. You're just one person. Mm -hmm. So take it just one, take it one day at a time. And if you are having those feelings, call, call someone, um, call a hotline. Uh, There is nothing wrong with getting on medication. Medication can save your life. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and if you have already gone through something like that and um and you're on the other side of it i would say the other thing that's really helpful going forward is getting getting into community finding community um mm -hmm. i know a lot of us struggle especially as adults like we struggle with adult friendships and communication and finding people that we have things in common with um put the intention out there first just that you intend to find like-minded people nearby or whatever you know your specific intention is and and it, it'll happen it'll come it might take time but it'll happen yeah that really does work actually asking to be connected with your people um i'm a very social person um, yeah. very social. And I've been struggling here with that. Um, realizing that I, no matter who I meet, mm -hmm. um, that that is not how I'm going to find, um, I'm not going to find community in one person or yeah. one, you know, um, my high school friends are the people that I grew up with. It was like, you know, they, I don't know. It's just a different situation because, um, it was like this, it's like a root system, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I, there was like five, five or six core people who were the tree, but everybody had these roots that just went out and created this big, you know, um, expansive community. Yeah. And that's what I had grown up with. That's what I was used to. I had like five or six social groups back in Michigan, mm -hmm. you know, one for woo, one for, you know, childhood yes. stuff, one for fun and adventure, one for travel, one mm -hmm. for business and professional development, you know, and I just don't have that here. And, yeah. um, it can feel a little bit, um, it can feel really isolating because, um, you know, everybody has their own stuff. Um, yeah. So I know I'll find my people and it might not be in Portland, but. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I met a lady on the plane, um, uh, on the last plane to, to Medford. And she was visiting her sons from North Carolina. And she's the sweetest lady. I love talking to her. Uh, and she was telling me that her sons who who lived in Portland, I think one of them lives in Grants Pass. The other one doesn't. They don't live in Portland anymore, but they they spent several years living there. Mm -hmm. That they struggled with friends, too. That it was yeah. really hard for them to make friends, to find yep, good friends. Portland. Yes, it's Portland. My clients struggle with it, too. Like, I've like I tell people, Portland is... As goes Portland, so goes the world. It's a it's a spiritual hub. It's like the energy of Portland sucks you in. It's like a Pluto line uh -huh. that goes through it. When you hit this, when you hit Portland, all of a sudden, everything that you need to heal and change is right there in your face. Oh. And healing is um it is um an internal process. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy to find community. And I am not being mean when I say people that do have community here i'm just saying that it's not my type of community sure it's it, they're they're younger they're into things that i'm not interested in they're yeah. a lot of um yeah it's just it's not my vibe it's not my thing mm -hmm. um but portland does its job on you it teaches you to be your most authentic expression of self and then it pushes you out and mm -hmm. it says now go out into the world to do your thing and now you're going to be an anchor for someplace else so yeah. i know this isn't my last stop this yeah. is not where i meant to be long term um right now i'm just trying to find that place that i am i also know it's someplace along the west coast because that's where my sun line and we're mm. talking astral cartography here my pluto line my sun line runs all the way down the west coast okay. all the way straight down to belize so I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm just on my Pluto line right now. Yeah. All I have to do is make a move to the coast uh -huh. or or the coast-ish all the way down mm 
mm-hmm. and then I'll be on my sun line and that's where I'll find my joy. Uh-huh. But the Pluto line has to be done with me. Like Portland has to spit me out or at least say you're done, Joe. Hmm. Opportunity, synchronicities, partnership, somehow it's going to take me away. Yeah. I can't just say I'm going to move mm-hmm. to find my son because if that were the case, girl, I would have, I would have moved to freaking <laughs> San Diego or yes. Riverside or, you know, someplace, you yes. know, down there, at least Northern California or something. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know what that's in store. So, so that's, that's another thing, but yeah, no people struggle in with, with, with finding community in Portland all the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We recently made new friends, uh, last week. So you know how people, I think I've told you people, people always told me like, oh yeah, you'll make friends when the kids start school and you know, you meet. And mm-hmm. I, when, because I had Sophia pretty young, I wasn't like a teenager though. That's, that's what irks me about it. I was like, I was young, but I wasn't that young. It's not like I was like right. a teenager having kids or anything. But yeah, when I, when then when I would meet friends through her you know her friends parents I had like nothing in common with them like nothing in common with them or just like I they weren't people that I wanted to be around some of them were very Mm -hmm. like negative drama like or some of them were going through a really hard time in their life and you could tell I I could tell and feel that they weren't open to having new friends at that time so it's like I just left it alone um and then with Santino uh it just it hasn't it hasn't really happened um he I'm trying to think of like if he had friends that would want to hang out. Oh no, if they did, he had like my okay. Here's the thing about my son, is he's <laughs> he's very particular about who his friends are. Uh, is he? He's discerning. He's very discerning. So mm-hmm. so it it's he does not call fr- people friends easily as he especially as he's gotten older. Um, when he was small, he used to just invite all his class to his birthday party and then I'd have like 30 <laughs> kids at this party and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> it's my party. Yeah, but now he's much more discerning. And so um, I, I, I've asked him like, you know, are you made friends at your new school? No, all these kids are cringy. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so um, so I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll, we'll put him in a new baseball um league and then maybe we'll meet people that way and yeah last season it, it nothing nothing came actually no I'll, I'll take that back there was one there was one mom that when I saw her I was like she's my people and so mm-hmm. I immediately went over and started talking to her and yes like she's like cool as shit she's just mm-hmm. like a cool person we listen to like the same type of music and she's super sweet and outgoing so I love her um but last week we got invited to a coach's dinner and this is the first time that I've had to be in a group of adults um, because of my kids. And mm-hmm. I like actually liked everyone. Like everyone was nice. awesome. Everyone. That's so important. Yes. Everyone added to the group. It mm-hmm. was, it was fun. There's funny. Like it, mm-hmm. it was just a great time. And I was like, Oh my God, thank God. Right, right. There's, you know, and it's not even about just, it's also about being able to sit in comfortable silence. It's about, you know, the intimacy of it. It's just, I really took it for granted. I was telling my friend Tim, um, he reached out to me, like one of my absolute all time best friends, like Tim is that person who just knows me, Mm -hmm. he knows me and fully accepts me all of my 
qualities and my, um, you know, what few um, <laughs> non-positive qualities. Shortcomings. I- <laughs> shortcoming. My Leo is like, I don't, I don't any. dare you. <laughs> How dare you. Anyway, um, and I told him, I said that I really missed my, um, you know, I missed my guy friends there mm-hmm. because um, you just, it's not about bro guys i mean they're they're dumb right they're they're annoying and everything but there's an intimacy with them that i just don't have here with any of my male friends that mm-hmm. i really really miss and it's simply just being comfortable in their presence knowing that they've known me since we were you know like what 7 8 years old <laughs> and just loving them for who they are i mean yeah. um and and that's yeah that's but that's for me that's what it is it's feeling comfortable and yeah. knowing and, and intimacy and you know, being able to speak my truth and stuff you yeah. know um so anyway um <laughs> yeah it's a, it's it's a struggle but things are writing Hopefully, I think that that's what these eclipses were. They were like to show us, you know, get all your shit together, get your shit together because it's time for an up level. And I, I know that that up level includes a move for me. Yeah. I, just, I just I just don't know when. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the time is right. When the time is right. Yeah. All right. So we don't really have a topic for today. Um, we did want to talk more extensively about the upcoming retreat though because I think there's there's questions that we might have left unanswered well yeah and today I want to dive just a little bit deeper into the details behind the creation of our soul blueprints in the life between life phase and what we can learn from that blueprint especially if you're going to attend our 2024 quantum consciousness retreat for healers, mystics, seekers, and alchemists, um, because registration is wide open and um, we're, you're, you're going to learn a lot there. Yes. All right. Excellent. So to start off, this is all centered around our human incarnation, like why we're here on earth. Right. And, you know, life isn't about being perfect. We are here as human souls to learn to experience all the, you know, the choices um, available to us um, to experience being human in the physical body. Um, and, you know, you choose all of that before incarnation. It, it really is that simple, right? Mm-hmm. So this week, I just want to look at all the aspects of our lives from that perspective. Okay. So like our soul blueprint, right? Who you choose to be in order to support the experiences that your soul most wants to have. Um, you know, we've talked about this before in tons of pot in episodes are we choose our sex, our body, our parents, our geography, our karmic debt, our lessons. And those are all chosen by us in spirit for a very specific reason, but also for a non-specific experience, because the whole point of it is to have an experience, yes. right? And we can't map it out. Mm-hmm. And it also comes with free will to to help you uh, walk along. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's, that's our biggest gift is the free will. Mm-hmm. It's our biggest tool, I guess. You know, we have our intuition, which is our personal GPS, which guides us through our blueprint in real time. And then we have the clear abilities that enhance and refine those intuition. So I know to, um, when a lot of people talk about intuition and psychic abilities, they sort of group them together. But our intuition is ours. It's for us. It's our connection to spirit. It's our internal GPS. It's our gut. It's 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 an internal process. Mm-hmm. Our clear abilities, some of them are internal like clear audience, but 
they're, that's our external abilities. Those are the, um, you know, those are, you know, fine tuning those, which helps us get more information and clarify our internal abilities. Yeah. Um, and then of course, like you said, we have our most valuable and powerful ability, our free will, because it gives us the power of choice. Yes. We have the ability to make decisions that align with our desires and, um, you know, the journey of surrendering to those truths, those experiences, our intuition, the trust and the faith. Yes. That's, that's our experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really it's our choice, whether that journey is fun and full of ease or that journey is filled with challenges and disappointments. Yeah. Okay. Now look, I get there are, there are cultural, you know, restrictions. There are um, financial, right? There's yes. poverty. There's all of these things that we feel like it's not fair. It's put, right. it, it's, it's, it's not our choice, that sort of thing. And I'm right. not saying that it is choice, but I am saying that the soul chooses certain experiences for a very specific reason. And I'll get, I'll make a better point about that um, in, in a, in a minute. And I'll okay. point out what I'm, that I'm about to make it. But um, so basically if we as humans, regardless of where we are on our soul blueprint, um, in our path, in our journey, if we can surrender to the choice of ease and excitement, I mean, dude, we've tapped into the truth of who the fuck we really are. Yes. So for the few days that we're in, um, on retreat in desert Palm Springs, correct? Desert hot springs. Desert hot springs. Mm -hmm. Hot springs. So for the next, those few days when we're on retreat, we're going to explore what that could look like in our lives when we implement some very simple practices to realign with our original soul blueprint and then integrating the tools that we already have within us. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is quantum manifestation and it could change, you know, your life in really amazing ways. Yeah. Um, it can change all of our lives mm -hmm. in really amazing ways. Um, all right. So again, the soul's goal, uh, it's not to, it's not based on perfection, right? Our, our higher self simply wants us to continually like learn and grow and experience everything that we are meant to experience in this lifetime in yeah. whatever way that is. Yes. So, I mean, I think even if we have a really crappy life, which, you know, some people say that a crappy, a simple life is crappy, but then there are people that, you know, go live off grid and mm -hmm. sustenance and all that. And they're like, this is paradise, right? Yes. I think experiences are just subjective. It's, you know, and putting a label on, on it is, is subjective. Yeah, and the soul, the higher self, just wants that to happen in whatever way it is. It doesn't care how mm -hmm. it happens, basically. Yeah. yeah. But you, like as conscious beings, I'm like, but I want that to happen in a really fun, exciting way, and that's mm -hmm. that's what we write for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna make mistakes, okay? Um, and sometimes those mistakes will be the result of letting our fear and shadow guide us instead of our intuition. Mm -hmm. Okay. And here's where I'm going to make my point. But again, we, we, you just never know because those mistakes may actually be the universe guiding you in a direction that you were always meant to go. Mm. Right. And that lessons along the way may very well be, you know, divine order. Um, you know, within divine guidance, because you have to learn a specific lesson before you can achieve a specific goal. 
Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yes. So we, we say, oh, I just made a mistake. I made the wrong decision. I picked the wrong person. I picked the wrong job, right? Mm-hmm. Remember when I picked to go work for the mm-hmm. chef instead of the jeweler, right? Yes. And I thought, oh, I picked the wrong job. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm out of it, like what, two years later, it's like, no, I didn't. I picked, I made the exact, I need, I made the decision I was meant to make, even though it wasn't going to be anything long-term mm-hmm. because the lessons that I learned, um, um, I can only, now I know the path forward. I had to learn those lessons before I can achieve this specific goal. Yes. Yeah. Because maybe without that lesson under our belt, we may not be as successful in the next phase of our journey, mm. you know? So we need to trust the universe and learn to look at challenges and lessons to learn from them instead of something that we're being kept from. And not everything has to feel like a lesson. It can be like, all right, this sucks. This isn't what I want, but what can I learn from it? Yeah. Um, so even though it is a lesson, it doesn't have to feel like you, you, the universe is kicking you in the balls. Right, right. Yeah. Um, now, I think that mindset is legitimately one of the hardest things we can learn as humans. Okay, so I'm not making light of it. And no. I'm not spiritual bypassing or saying, no. if you are truly enlightened, then you will be able to do that. Fuck that. No. It, it's, a, it's a paradigm, right? It's a set yes. of – it's a set of, of – understanding rules or beliefs that shape our view of the world and shifting paradigms is hard it's not it's hard it's not something that everybody um can easily do um first step is just being aware that you're stuck in a paradigm that's why i struggle with the term timeline um, jumping because it's yeah. like you're jumping from one reality to the next. That's that's no, that's not, not what, how that works. Not exactly. No, no. Um, you you can't just shift like that. Now, super well trained government, you know, fetuses that have been raised from birth, you know, from a test tube <laughs> in like you know super government secret facilities, like men with men who stare at goats type of energy. <laughs> yeah, 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 they can jump timelines. I'm sure. Maybe but we we cannot. <laughs> yeah. Right? Maybe. Yeah. Um, but all that said, I do believe that looking at our life experiences as potential lessons to learn from and glean that from it versus, you know, feeling like a victim and there's yes. nothing wrong with feeling upset about your life. Yeah. I'm not no. accusing people of victimology. Um, I think victimology gets a bad rap. If you feel like a fucking victim or you're feeling sorry for yourself, let people have their fucking feelings. Oh, right. Yes. Nobody wants to stay there. No. It's when you stay there that it's like, all right. Yes. Yeah. We, we all get down. That's, yeah. We all get down. We all get down. But I also think that it's one of the most powerful areas of growth yeah. we can incorporate into our life is being able to look at our lessons as, as, as lessons versus, mm-hmm. um, right. And this is where shadow work comes in because it, that's all based on limiting beliefs. When those limiting beliefs from your past, right. Victimology, when they hold you back, um, give yourself some compassion and grace, allow yourself time to integrate the processes um you know and so hopefully over um, the course of these these three to four days that we'll be in in um palm desert hot springs desert hot springs i don't know why i keep forgetting that um when we'll be in desert hot springs um you know we'll uh, we're gonna learn um how to integrate those processes yes yes um 
Okay. And then before I go get into the soul blueprint just a little mm -hmm. bit deeper, but the human incarnation, it's based on uh, this lifelong journey of learning and growing. So it's incredibly important to learn to trust our feelings, um, our guiding intuition, our higher self. And so, and then of course, most of all the universe, um, and I know I struggle with that. I have the wound of Chiron. My my wound my my Chiron is in Pisces, which is the wound of faith, and I struggle with trusting the universe. Mm. That even though the universe has never let me down, I always think this is the time when it's gonna fuck me, <laughs> and it and it never does. <laughs> well, this must be the time when it's all gonna, and it never does. And I'm like, I never learn, but I do. But still. <laughs> The wound of Chiron, or the wound of, our Chiron wound. That would be a fun podcast episode. Oh yeah, each, each one has a different wound, and let's God do it. Bless. Um. Okay. So, just let's get into the soul blueprint a little bit deeper. Okay. Um. So, in the life between life phase, between incarnations, we exist as pure energy beings with consciousness. Mm-hmm. When we're not in a physical body, then we're higher beings. We are our higher selves. Uh -huh. And dude, I can talk all day long about this phase of life, the life between life, you know. Um, but today our focus is on that physical incarnation. Um, but for more info on the life between life phase, I've included some, I will include some links to my favorite authors and experts um, in the show notes. Um, but we also have several podcast episodes on this. Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah, we've done a ton. Um, so when we're ready to incarnate once again, you know, we consult with our most trusted groups of advisors and guides and they help us plan our next incarnation. They want to, they, they ask us, you know, we, we want to know, well, what experiences do we want to have? Um, what lessons do we need to learn? What karmic debt needs to be balanced? Um, so we work with these trusted souls um, and we piece together a human life that will offer us the best opportunity for growth and experience. So we choose our gender, we choose our physical body, we choose our parents, we choose the geography of our early lives. Um, we create this amazing physical vehicle to take us through the lessons and growth that we most need. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I kind of liken it to choosing a college or trade school, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the process of designing the blueprint um, is detailed. And from a soul perspective, like when I'm in the Akashic um, records and I'm sort of like channeling that it's actually really fun. Like we as souls are like, dude, this is so cool. This is so fun. I get to go and be like, you know, like a, a chubby Brown girl living in a city of all white people. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's a fucking that's fun. Hoot. <laughs> um, but the the soul to the soul choosing a life of challenge and adversity is also a really huge accomplishment because the soul knows that it has reached a point in its evolution mm -hmm. when we are more than capable of success. Mm. Those I believe are the master numbers. And also the other thing is does does Mike have a master number in his core chart? I don't think he does. I don't remember his core chart. I just know he's a one. But he's that's a one. All I know. I don't remember. Um, I don't think he has a master number in his core chart. But it, it, what what I've found really fascinating is that when I pull charts of partners, people in partnership, uh -huh. master numbers always have a partner with a master number in some part of their chart. Oh. It, hmm. 
So that validates the whole theory that souls um, incarnate with each other's souls on the relatively same spiritual trajectory reincarnate within the same soul group or soul family. Okay. Okay. Um, They do um, souls rely on their guides. We rely on our guides to help us, you know, keep our enthusiasm and confidence in check um, (laughs) and not overcommit. Right. Because the point is that we're looking to um, um, we're looking for growth in the next lifetime. Um, You know, in, in, in spirit, we're not doubtful or fearful, right. Mm -hmm. We have all, we have full faith in our abilities to succeed, but Um, you know, when we become human, when these fears weigh on our decisions, which is why, you know, spiritual awakenings can feel so terrifying. Yeah. I mean, here's another way to look at it. Imagine being a small child and waking up in a dark, cold room, um, you know, far away from the love and peace and warmth that you feel the most safe and secure. And that's like like a spiritual awakening. Spiritually, we're like, what, where am I? What's happening? And that's the dark night of the soul type of thing. Do you think that people can have spiritual awakenings around different topics or is it always like? What do you mean? Give me, give me examples. Okay. This girl was saying how she had a spiritual awakening, awakening around politics because, because she's like, they're two sides of the same coin. And um, I don't know. I don't think it's that simple. I mean, you can liken it to something to be simple, but I mean, I think maybe a certain topic could make us um, make us try to see the other side of the coin. Maybe mm. you know, I'm very, um, I t- I tend to be a little rigid in my ideology, my political ideology, and I know it pisses people off, and they get mad, and they feel like um, I think I'm my I'm right, and if people don't agree with me, then you know, then they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's not that black and white. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to do with like, if they can't see the side where civil liberties are being taken away and, Uh you know, human rights are being taken away. And, Uh you know, if they can't see that, then I'm like, well, fuck you. If you can't see that, then you know what I mean? Yes. But if somebody comes at me and they're like, you know, look, I get what you're saying and and they come at me with logic and facts and Mm -hmm. really like interesting. Then I'm like, uh, I can see your point, Republican. I can see your point. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So maybe it's that politics is what caused her to look deeper and go with it. Maybe. Yeah. I think that too many people easily brush it, brush it off when, when you simplify it like that, when you say, well, they're both sides are the same. And it's like, okay, no, think they are. what are you achieving by that? Mm-hmm. You're right. being dismissive yes. and absolutist. And and it it reminds me of like the like the apathy of a fucking teenager who's like, I don't, I don't care. Like it's all the yeah. same, man. Like they're all just trying to keep you down. Or I, honestly, people that think that are people that have no skin in the game. You know what I mean? Like, it's, they have no skin in the game. I, I do think that there is, yeah. I think that when when you have the ability to say, well, I don't follow politics, Everything, it's like, well, that's yeah. privilege. That's your, it's that's privilege. your That's your privilege speaking because yeah. some of us don't have a choice of not to no. follow politics because politics is kicking our ass, you yes. know, or our, our families are suffering or yeah. whatever. Like, 
we are experiencing politics where so we can't just avoid them <laughs> i mean you know it's like um you know straight white men or we'll say cis white men, um, mm-hmm. they have no skin in the game because nothing's going to change for them. Their mm-hmm. fear is based in the fact that their rights are being taken away, but it's not about taking away rights. It's about leveling the playing field yes. for all involved. Yes. So I don't think that they necessarily, unless they're racist assholes, really care about a level playing field. They're more concerned with their rights mm-hmm. not being taken mm-hmm. away. So they're mm-hmm. like, well, I'm MAGA. Make America great again. Mm-hmm. Well, it was great again for you. Right. For at you. one point, mm-hmm. it was great for you, but not for, you know, um, BIPOC or, you know, LGBTQ or women or women. Or women. <laughs> <laughs> Literally like, anyone else. <laughs> anyone else but you. So fuck off. And that's where people get divided is because, you know, it's these it's nothing is going to nothing is getting worse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For for anybody for these these cis white men. Yeah. So. Okay, so here's something um, something interesting, too. So to create the blueprint for our next human incarnation, you know, um, we have to look at all the things we talked about, right? But once we incarnate, if we haven't been born to parents and an environment that encourages, like, intuition, empathy, connecting with our own inner wisdom, mm-hmm. when we hit about the age of seven, uh-huh. we completely forget every damn thing we know, and it all goes dormant and sleeps at our deepest levels. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, sure, we might experience intermittent bouts of like our natural clear abilities when we're little. We can see things. I know as a child, you saw things and, um, you know, um, maybe we can see spirit or hear spirit, you know, um, you know, but based on our religious experiences, like we might suppress them due to fear. Like, sure. you know, like some very deeply religious people are like, mm-hmm. out demon, <laughs> but simply like grandma trying to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so we suppress that until our awakening. Until mm. our awakening. And for some, that awakening can be dramatic, right? Like I said earlier, it can feel like the dark night of the soul. So luckily, Esoteric's podcast has an episode that covers that, number 20. Go check it out. Yeah. All right. So quickly back to the soul blueprint, and I'll get to my point of this whole thing. Um, it's once we get to a point where we need more in, in our human incarnation, where we need a lot more clarity on our path and our purpose. Um, you know, that's when we typically... Um, consult an intuitive or an astrologer. Um, so in this retreat, in the Esoterics podcast, um, Quantum Consciousness Retreat, we're going to dive deep into the soul blueprint using the modalities of numerology, astrology, and human design. That's mm. just my piece. Fee has her piece too, yes. which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, we're going to explore your numerology to learn your what. What is my purpose, my natural skills, my most consistent life challenges, my karma, my primary soul lessons? And this is just in a workshop. We're not going to focus a ton on this, but you're going to learn how to throw your own um, your own soul blueprint, okay? Um, you're going to explore your astrology, your nodes, your most challenging planets, your cosmic wounding, all of that stuff. We're not going to go into the sun, moon, the top three. You all mm-hmm. know that. You can get that someplace else. We're going to get into the aspects of your astrology tied specifically to your soul blueprint. Um, we're going to look at why you keep experiencing the same challenges and lessons, why you have the wounds you have. Again, your Chiron wound. We're going to look at why you're meant to show up in the world in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to get very intimate also with the basics of your human design in regard to your type, authority, and strategy. You're going to learn how to activate your design. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn how to uh, make the most soul blueprint aligned decisions in order to live in the flow, uh, joy, and ease, right? It's it's just you're going to learn how your soul was designed to live. Mm. So 
for those that don't know, human design um, is... Um, as humans, we are energetically, we are energetic beings and we each have very specific designs on how we are meant to effortlessly move through the world, move through our existence, connect with other energetic beings. We're all energy. And so we very specifically are designed to do things a certain way. And once you learn what that is in regard to decision-making, yes, it's freaking life-changing, mm-hmm. you guys, and that's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to focus on one thing. Um, I always recommend that you get a full human design reading that goes into all of your channels and your profile and all that stuff. Very cool stuff. But there's nothing in there that I can't get from your astrology or your numerology, so I don't get into that. I yeah. get into how you can most effectively move through your world using your human design based on your numerology and your astrology. And then armed with all of that knowledge, right, that you'll learn in a couple workshops, we're going to get super cozy with quantum manifestation and how to use your human design to close your current quantum timelines that are just not keeping, that are keeping you, you know, in lack or keeping you, you know, from moving forward in the next phase. Basically, it's keeping you from your most desired manifestations. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn to use cool things like heart coherence to amplify all of your quantum manifestation practices that you're going to learn. You're going to learn what to do when your higher self advocates for a period of rest, right? We think yeah. we're stuck. We're not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Your higher self is stop because mm-hmm. right now is the rest. And it's probably tied to your human design. And you're going to learn how to recognize that as a precursor to an up level and how to recognize it. And then, you know, know that it's, that's what it is versus a sign of something not meant for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to spend, we're all going to spend four days immersed in this soul blueprint, chart casting, interpretation, manifestation, visualization, breath work, channeling, dream work, learning how to facilitate a healing circle from fee, and then receiving, or some going to be some Karuna Reiki in there and some Akashic readings in there. Um, and then we're going to have like two really cool, amazing meditations, one in the water and one in the desert. Yes. Yes. And for me, the biggest part of all of this Aside from teaching you how to open, uh, yeah, hold a ceremony space and hold a circle, because I, uh, one thing I I will I'm gonna point out is that a lot of times we we're already doing it, like you're already holding circles and you're already doing some some ceremony type type of um community gathering. Anytime you gather with like one or two friends. And you open up and you share, you know, deep things that are on your heart or on your mind or experiences that you've gone through. That's that's community. That's sharing. That's a circle. Now, the biggest part that I like to talk about and and highlight for everyone is integration. So, not I'm not going to go too deep into to circle and 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 what that entails because that's that'll be reserved for the actual retreat but with integration this is the most important part of participating in a ceremony it requires you to be open and share but also to be open to listen because there's this really beautiful thing that happens in ceremony when you sit with a group you sign up to share in in this like universal knowledge um so there's lessons yeah, yeah. and ideas there's sparks of information that pop up 
um, but they pop up for different people in the group. And sometimes the lessons will repeat themselves with different people in the group. But Mm -hmm. when you allow yourself to share and listen to others in this safe space that we create, it allows for the messages to flow to those who need them, for whoever needs to hear it. Integration, aside from the sharing aspect of it, it's also understanding what you've experienced and then how you will apply the lessons going forward. Because especially when we leave ceremony, it's easy to just go back into autopilot in our daily lives and just forget about the experience and just, you know, go back to how you've always done things. But integration allows for you to make that conscious decision to take aligned action and make different choices after ceremony. Like this is what I've learned. This is now the perspective I have on, you know, X, Y, Z situation. And this is what I'm going to do moving forward. Yes. And that's what the whole point of this retreat is. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're teaching you new practices, um, new coping skills, methodologies, perceptions, all of that. And then you're going to take it out into the world to master your next level, your up level, your your practice. It's a personal practice or a professional practice. It doesn't matter. But these, these are sort of like the keys of mastering, you know, your soul blueprint and then you know, integrating it into your life. You can't just come and do this and then leave and go back to the real, to the quote unquote real world mm-hmm. and then not implement these because it's not going to make a, it's not going to change a darn thing yeah. and you will have wasted, you know, yeah. um, money, but you'll have still have had a lovely four days, right? Yes. Yeah. But that's why, that's why integration is key. And so, so I'll, I will go over, um, different ways to integrate the, the, from the most simple to um, kind of more deep dives of, of doing integration, whether it's as a whole group or even one-on-one, because you can do just a, a personal integration, especially if you, mm-hmm. if you choose to do something like, um, like maybe like psychedelics in, in a, in a space by, you know, alone or with one other person. Mm-hmm. Um I probably wouldn't recommend you doing psychedelics by yourself for the first time alone. <laughs> Not for the first time. No. But, but you know, if it's like you and your significant other or you and a friend, uh, something like that, you can. And you can still integrate um, essentially alone. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and so I'll, I'm going to show you the process of how to do it, whether it's group or just two people or just one person. However, and just kind of go through the different ways that, uh, which you can achieve integration. And I mean, this, even this, these integration techniques can also be used even with, um, you know, cannabis, which can really take you to a different place. I mean, I use cannabis all the time to get to the deeper level of stuff that I'm struggling with. Yeah. And, and just to say, just to make a point here too, integration isn't always about plant ceremonies, like plant medicine ceremonies. Right. Like, yes, you can't. Absolutely. You would have to have integration if you're going to do plant medicine. You have to. Uh, But even if you don't, like even let's say you plan like a hike um, with a group of friends and you, you set an intention that, you know, you're trying to get clarity about, you know, whatever. And then you have integration at the end. There are no plant medicines involved in that process, but there, you can still have integration just to help you get, again, it's for you to receive the message or to allow yourself to share the message with others. What's the difference 
what difference have you found between people or groups or your experiences to groups or classes, workshops, whatever, Mm -hmm. where you do integrate versus when you don't? Like, what's the difference in the outcome for you? Oh, God. Integration leaves you. It's like a cliffhanger. Without integration, it feels like a cliffhanger. It feels like I don't even know what I experienced. I don't even know what I if it am I crazy? Like, did I have this experience alone? Did I did I really feel that? There's so many questions. It leaves you with so many unanswered questions. If it, I will never participate in in a ceremony space that doesn't include integration. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't recommend that anybody sign up for something that doesn't include integration. Yeah, yeah. Now, have you seen s- events? Um, or, or like negative, uh, like seriously negative outcomes for people that haven't had integration. Yes, yeah. Some yeah. people can have it. It can it can cause when you, especially when you're talking about plant medicine, right. uh, you can suffer from psychosis. Like the, it can trigger other things in your mental state that you, you know, you're not equipped to handle. Um, and then you do have to definitely seek professional medical help. Um, but yes, no, I, I have, I have, I've seen, I've seen people go through it. It's at least people with trauma because, yeah. because you didn't work through the experience. The stuff that was brought up, mm-hmm. right. It's yeah. like bringing stuff it's, up and it's like, well, what do I do with this? And if you don't have the coping skills attached to that, or at least the, the support to attach that, then there you go. And that's what's, that's a good example of re-traumatizing. It's Some people are just Absolutely. not qualified to be any sort of yeah. integration circle, even as a freaking prayer circle, mm-hmm. right? Crazy people that think they have the creds and they don't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yeah. So I, I for one, am really looking forward to um, this retreat simply because it feels like, um, again, it's it's listen, it's time to up level. And these are the practices and the skills and the steps and, you know, how to do it. And we're all going to do it together. And I will tell you that from between now and then, I am already implementing all of these things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when we all come together in March, I'll be able to say, this is where I was before. And this is where I am after and this is why and yeah. you know Fiorelli's as well too so yeah um we're not just you know sharing shit with you because we think we know we're actually living it so that we can share it to you with um some you know expertise authority confidence yeah. um compassion and empathy too because it's not easy to, to be able to look at something and say oh that sucks I just lost my job what's the lesson in this mm-hmm. <laughs> right now the lesson is how are you gonna get your money <laughs> you know but long term you know, what is the lesson behind that? So, um, yeah, so, um, spots are beginning to fill. Yes. Um, I believe, um, I think we have like four to five ish. Yeah. Something like so, that. Yeah. Yeah. Get your applications in. Um, if you want to take part, yeah. um, it's Tuesday, March 19th through Friday, March 22nd. Um, again, registration is open. The cost of the entire week is one five five five, but we have the option to make monthly payments, um, which breaks the cost down into small, easy, um, little increments. Yes. Um, so yeah, man, um, join us, please join us on this one of a kind realignment up level retreat in the gorgeous landscape near the Joshua tree national park. Um, so visit the esoterics podcast website, um, sign up before the limited spots are gone. 
Um, and the sooner you get in, the more time you have to take advantage of the payment plan. Yeah. Payment plans are available via PayPal. You can email us at esotericspodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions before signing up. Yay. I hope everybody, I hope, I hope, hope to see your beautiful face there, whoever you are listening yes. out there. Yes. Um, well, friends, it means it's time to say goodbye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share on your stories, subscribe, and leave us a review. This helps our podcast grow. And if we grow, that means the ability to do this work grows as well. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Uh, stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. But I think there's something... Uh, don't let me tell you what your soul blueprint. I know that's dumb. All right, whatever. Bye. <laughs> How about... Don't let anyone tell you. What did I tell Well, okay, you? so it's it's we should still end it the regular way. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. And then especially we should add, if, especially if they're telling you to watch a Netflix documentary or something. Oh my you know god, okay. I mean? Okay, <laughs> okay so, so so do it again. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. Especially if it means watching a Netflix documentary about a bunch of grifters. Just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Okay, but do it, but also, like, then, like, hate it. Yeah. Like we do. Yeah. <laughs>